You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Robert Lann, along with my co-host from House of Houston, Brian Patterson, and welcome to the restart of the Tom Savage Texans post-game show era. Yuck. Oh, brother. The Texans lose an ugly one, 20-14 against the Colts. Their last-second drive to win the game ends on a QB sack strip fumble on the last play. Savage couldn't even get rid of the ball. We'll get into more on this one with Brian shortly, but you guys know the routine for home games. Before we throw out our takes on how this one went, we take you inside the Texans' locker room. You're about to hear from Tom Savage, Kareem Jackson, Kevin Johnson, and Eddie Pleasant, who had a couple of huge plays in this one. But first, let's start with Bill O'Brien's press conference. Oh, I'm sure he'll be lovely and cheerful for this one. (laughs) Let's take a listen to Bill. Yeah, I mean, we got a drive there at the end, and uh, you know, we got enough opportunities and just couldn't couldn't put it in. We, we called every uh, low red area play we have, and just couldn't couldn't get it done. So, Bill, after you guys played so well in Seattle last week, obviously you lost to Sean this week. How how disappointing is it to, be, to all of a sudden be three and five after everything this team had been building the last few weeks? Yeah, it's you know, it's not it's dis- it's definitely disappointing, but you know, we got eight games left, and we gotta we gotta get back to work tomorrow. Played Davenport at tackle a lot today. Uh, just your thoughts on kind of making that change? Are you trying to get him kind of ready? And uh, yeah, look, I think he's ready to play. Clarky was a little bit banged up, um, so uh, you know we gave Davenport an, uh, an opportunity, and you know we'll see how it went on film. But uh, that's you know something that we wanted to do, and like I said, we'll see how it went. We have to look at the film before we make a judgment on how it went. You were trying to establish the run a lot uh, with Dante Foreman, uh, some success. Uh, just your thoughts on how things were going? Not enough. Right? We just didn't run the ball well enough. I'm always going to try to establish the run. I mean, if you go to a, you know, if you think you're going to throw it 60 times a game, I mean, you got no shot. So you're always going to try to stay balanced. And our defense kept us in the game. They did a good job. Special teams did a good job. But we just, you know, it was just not not very good offensively. The speed of Hilton, and he's been doing this for years, but just uh, how tough is that to stop? Yeah, he's a great player. He's got great speed. He's a go-to guy. You know, he uh, he's made – made a lot of plays for a lot of years for them he's a he's a he's a great player on the uh, scoop and score for Lamar Houston I mean that it's an opportunistic play but it seems like he's been a guy on defense who's you guys signed him he's stepped in and played well what have you seen from Lamar yeah he's done a good job since he's gotten here he's a he's a fun guy great guy to coach um, practices hard prepares hard and uh, he made a you know he made several nice plays today he's he's been a good addition to our team no doubt about it it seemed like on the final drive today um, and in some two-minute drill, fourth-quarter comeback type situations. It seemed as if Tom didn't necessarily have urgency at the line of scrimmage. There was a, a play, the game clock was running down. Is that something that you feel like Tom maybe can improve upon? Yeah, we, all, we, we had one timeout left in the game, so there's no doubt everybody's got to be faster, um, you know, get the call in as fast as we can, and we got to get lined up faster. But, you know, it's, again, like, like I always say, I have to coach better. It starts with me, goes from there. But... Uh, you know, in that situation, you're saving that timeout for a key fourth down call. That's what you're saving the timeout for. So I really don't want to hear any BS about clock management. I really don't want to hear it this week. He tried to do the best he could. We got lined up as fast as we could. We practiced two minutes every week, and we just didn't We just didn't get it done. That was your head coach, Bill O'Brien. And sorry, OB, but we may 
talk a little clock management later on. Yeah, I'm not so sure about what you just said. <laughs> Next up, let's hear from Tom Savage on his game. The final numbers, nasty, 19 for 44, 219 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions. Oh, there's a positive. We found one. We pick it up with him talking about that last drive. We were, we were moving the ball, and we went down there, and obviously you don't want to be in the fourth down situation, and I could probably do a better job of, of stepping up you know, in the pocket and instead of taking a strip sack. But, I mean, ultimately I was going to 10, you know. That's, yeah, it's just frustrating. When you look at uh, some of the, you know, kind of the rut that you guys fell into, difficult was it just to kind of get some life going uh, you know after incompletion completion completion yeah that's the most I mean it's the most frustrating part of it is the fact that there was nothing that they were doing that 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 we weren't prepared for coaches did a great job of, of coaching us up and it's just probably the most frustrating game of my life you know it's one of those deals that you just in the beginning you just weren't making I just wasn't making the throws you know and and their guys are open and I'm not going to give you the politically correct answer and say like well blah 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 like we can get better just no it's just I gotta make the throws I play like crap that's what it is it seems like you were missing a lot of plays where uh, your throws were, were out of bounds which is you know something pretty unusual yeah um, can you explain maybe on some of those throws what, what were happening you just feel like you, you miss guys or maybe you uh, you think there were some open open plays open receivers elsewhere listen the the, the throws out of bounds is that's frustrating for a quarterback, you know. It's just because you know you can make the throw. Um, there's times where it's my guy, no guy type of throw, you know, and throwing at the hop high and away from the safety. But uh, yeah, I just got to keep the ball in bounds and, and let them go make plays. It's, it's not my game. Never has been my game of chucking the ball five yards out of bounds. So that's that's where the frustration comes from, is because I know I'm better than that. Boy, you could hear the frustration with Savage, who made absolutely no excuses. Next up, Kareem Jackson, who was part of that bizarre play where T.Y. Hilton catches the pass but falls down, making a move on Kareem. Jackson didn't get a hand on him, according to the officials, so Hilton gets up and scores a touchdown, the second of two for him in this one. He was asked if he felt like Kareem was, if he felt like, he got his hand on T.Y. Hilton. I mean, I, I just thought I touched him. I mean, and, and, you know, and with the play going on, I thought I tagged him. I mean, Pretty weird play, right? Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, it's just the way the game go, you know. Sometimes stuff happen like that. How do, you, how do you feel about things in general, after how things went out there today, Kareem? I think we still got, a, still got a lot of games left to play. I mean, we still can get done what we, what we want to do as a team, you know. Eight games left. I mean, you got a great group of guys in the locker room, and we just got to rally. You know, everybody stay together and, you know, um, just continue to work. How much of a backbreaker is it when stuff like that happens, weird things that you very seldom see, guy hurdles you, you think you tagged him, and he gets something and scores? I wouldn't say it was a backbreaker. We still had a chance. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we went out, we got to stop. You know, um, unfortunately, it just didn't you know, it just didn't go the way we wanted it to go today. For me, as a team, man, we, I think we, we're close. We're, I mean, extremely close. One or two players here and there, you know, a different outcome, and, you know, a couple of our games this year. You know, just got to continue to play. You know, um, practice every week. Every every guy here, we just got to stay together, stay as, uh, stay together as a team, continue to work, and you know, um, just improve in in in, in um 
in the situations that we need to improve in. This was a tumultuous week. A lot of things happened going back to last week. Then uh, Dwayne gets traded. Deshaun gets hurt. How do you think you all dealt with everything, with the adversity and having to change I think, so much? I think he dealt with it great as a team. You know, um, I mean, we all grown men in here. You know, stuff going to happen. You know, at some point, we've all been through adversity. You know, um, I think we did a great job. But, you know, it's all staying together as a team and, you know, continue to get our work in. You know, um, I mean, unfortunately, it just didn't come out the way we wanted to today. Who do you think the team looks to right now with uh, without Deshaun, without Dwayne, without J.J., without Whitney? I mean, we got other leaders in this locker room. I mean, those guys being out, they're not the only leaders in this locker room. We got a ton of guys in here. We got J.J. a year 12. You know, uh, we got Bruno year 12. You know, um, we got a ton of guys that are still leaders in this locker room. You know, so... Um, I mean, as a group, you know, we, we're going to look to each other, you know, we continue to fight, you know, for one another and, you know, continue to get our work in. And, you know, next week we just got to, you know, we got to bring it. You just heard from Kareem Jackson. One more to go. We got to talk to Kevin Johnson, who was asked, hey, wh- where does this team go from here? You know, we got to come back in and we got to, you know, fix the mistakes we made and we got to do it in a hurry. At the end of the day, Monday's a new week, and we got to start up and get back to it. I feel like you guys played pretty well outside of a couple big plays here and there. I felt like we played solid. Uh, I got to go back and watch the tape, but we, you know, we let uh, 13 get over our head. That's why we lost the game. Was there any flatness at all when you guys came out just after everything that's happened this week? Could you feel it? No. No. You just heard from cornerback Kevin Johnson, who says that T.Y. Hilton cost them the game. No argument there from a defensive standpoint anyway. Hilton with five catches for 175 yards and two touchdowns. The last guy we got to talk to, though, is Eddie Pleasant, who came up with two sacks, including that huge hit on Jacoby Brissett, causing a fumble. Lamar Houston picked it up, ran it back for the Texans' first touchdown late in the first half, a little less than a minute to go. Pleasant was asked about that play. You know, it's a good feeling, you know, uh, stacking on two stacks for one play, you know, forced fumble and a sack, but... At the end of the day, you just you just said the key word, you know, we still lost, so none of that matters besides the stat unless we win the game. So, When you saw the ball come loose, did you look up see where it went? Uh, I actually didn't see it. I just heard everybody yelling. And then when I look back, I seen Lamar running with the ball. Did he thank you? Uh, no, we good. He ain't got to thank me. First pro touchdown for him? Uh, no, he good. That's my dog. I mean, we teammates, so he ain't got to thank me, man. I'm happy you got a touchdown. How difficult was it to, to get up for this game? Uh, the, the crowd seemed a little bit flat as well. I mean, I think that they took it more than anybody that, uh, you know, the couple of losses that you guys had this week. Uh, you know, we don't we don't pay attention to stuff like that. You know what I mean? Uh, it's an NFL football game. If you can't get up for a game and you're a player, you're in the wrong business. So a lot of the players that they want to come watch, you know, uh, uh, it's not out there. We're not, we're not done. But at the end of the day, that doesn't really affect players that's in here when it comes to getting hyped for a game. Like I said, this is an NFL football team, and you can't get hyped for an NFL game, you're in the wrong business. What do you think of Lamar? Lamar knew what to do when he got the football. What do you think about that? Oh, yeah, you better go ahead and score, run a run a run the right way. <laughs> <laughs> that was Fox 26 Mark Berman getting a little laugh from Pleasant at the end, but there weren't a lot of smiles in this one. And before I bring in Brian, just a reminder that we spent about 45 minutes Saturday looking at the implications of the Deshaun Watson injury. If you want more analysis on what this is going to mean going forward, go back and check that show out if you haven't already. Bryant, Tom Savage looked about as bad as we've seen a quarterback in the last four years of Texans football. That's saying a lot. I mean, actually, I thought they might even take him out after the first half for the second time this year. It was that bad. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And and the fact that, 
you know, he was in there with with just the way he was playing. There was no consistency. There was no continuity. There was no rapport between the receivers. He was getting sacked. This is all of what I expected uh, starting Tom Savage. That's why, you know, we, we, we have a choice. We had TJ Yates out there. I would have rather gone with him because at least he's a bit more creative with his, with his quarterback play. And, you know, Tom has had chance after chance, and this was a perfect opportunity for him to show the world that he belongs in this league and that he is a decent quarterback. But you can't go out there, uh, you know, with the play that you've had. And another thing, he was standing in the pocket way too long, and it was his decisions whenever the pocket was clean that hurt him. So he, it wasn't that he had a dirty pocket the whole time. There were times where that offensive line held him up. And I'll talk about two guys, which the guys I thought uh, did well and did bad. But whenever that pocket was clean, you know, he would sit there too long and then he would get sacked or get forced to make a bad throw. And, you know, it, it was just absolutely horrendous football that I saw out of him. I know he can do better. But again, this we may have seen the ceiling with Tom Savage. This may be it, but it this was an absolutely boring game to watch. One of the most boring I've seen in Texans history. Um, and it was not until Lamar Houston uh, was able to get that fumble recovery where I started to wake up again in terms of this offense. But this is what I expected. Yeah, they might have lost a lot of people in Houston over to the MLB network uh, with the reruns of the Astros series. I think that they're running over there. Uh, or the Astros playoff uh, games because, yeah, if you were in the stadium, Brian, I'm telling you, it was dead. The seats, they looked about half full. I mean, I, I was about to fall asleep in the press box. The press box felt that. I mean, it was you could feel it all over the stadium. I mean, just the, 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 the weight of losing Deshaun Watson and then going back to Tom Savage. And I want to address a little bit about what you said with Tom Savage. To say – yeah, he's gotten shot again, again, after again, again, and again, again. Uh, the first year, he got he got a brief shot. He wasn't ready. I mean, it was, he was just overwhelmed. He gets hurt his second year. The third year, they bring in Brock. And, and Brock, uh, the Brock monster, uh, wasn't good, but it took till later in the year. He had that weird arm injury that kept him out. Everybody says he's injured all the time. These, this is, I, I feel like these have been some freak injuries with him. Um, as I've said before, but, Brian, this is a guy that I don't even recognize. The one thing that you could say about Tom Savage, if you watched him in minicamp and OTAs and training camp over the years, if you watched him when he did play last year and this year, he's not throwing the ball 10 yards out of bounds over and over again. I mean, I, you heard me ask him in the press conference what yeah. was going on. I was trying to give him an excuse. Give, give me something. My footwork was off, whatever. I, I can't explain it. And maybe, Brian, it's the pressure of this guy. Tell me what you think. Do you feel like he could feel the, be feeling the pressure of, hey, this is my last chance to, to earn you know, a, a couple million dollars in the next few years as a backup quarterback? I don't know how else to explain how just flat out awful he was. You can't say it's just rust. This was beyond rust. Not only that, but it's just the pressure of following the greatness of Deshaun Watson. He admitted firsthand that he can't do the things that uh, he's able to do. So, you know, he has to go out there and play his own game. He knows he's not Deshaun Watson. And I think that just with that on the back of his mind kind of got him into a panic 
and we didn't see the same Tom out there that we were used to seeing, uh, especially back in training camp, as you alluded to. Plus, Deshaun Watson was on the sideline, which I was hoping that could help, but you know, you have to be in there. You have to be in there to play the game. Obviously, as you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think Deshaun Watson. I don't think JJ Watts helping much on the sideline. God bless JJ or Whitney Merciless. I, none of these guys help much on the sideline. And, and and I was wondering going into halftime. I mean, luckily they had the the Eddie Pleasant play, and you heard Eddie talking about that at the end. That that was kind of fun. But you had that to kind of get everybody going a little bit. Uh, players, fans, all that sort of stuff. But I was wondering going into halftime, that's why I asked, uh, I believe it was Kareem was the one that I asked, Brian. I said, you know, who's the who's the leader on this? You know, who is the spokesperson? Spokesperson, Because, you know, Kareem said, oh, we've got a lot of guys. You know, JJ's been here for 12 years, Breno Giacomini. Look, nobody wants to listen to Breno Giacomini in his 12 What's years. What's he done? <laughs> <laughs> J. Joe, I, I love J. Joe, and I know yeah. he's a leader, but he's a quiet leader, Brian, isn't he? He's just a quiet leader. Yeah, yeah. You, you're not going to see him be like the vocal guy in the locker room. You know, you want somebody that's just going to to get in everyone's head and, and, and get them together and try to focus on the game plan. And honestly, I think Kareem was reaching because there are no leaders in that locker room right now. They're all hurt. The leaders that we have, the vocal leaders, are not there because outside of those guys, you've got a young core, you know, trying to trying to be up and coming. And then you do have a few veterans, but a lot of the veterans, they've just been called in to, to replace the guys that, 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 you know, are hurt and whatnot. So, you know, the real question is, is he a leader? Is, is, could, could we categorize him as a vocal leader? Right. And, and he's somebody that you would think of as long as he's been around. I think it's been right. about eight years. But here's the deal, Brian. Uh, they, they had a bad week. The, the Texans, it was just a disastrous week. But you know who had a really good week is me. Uh, Brian, <laughs> let me just tell you, there were three things that I said you needed to look for in this Colts-Texans game. And this was before Watson goes down. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what two of my three things were? I'm trying to remember. I think it was the play of how well the how well would we be moving the offense if I if I remember correctly. I know we talked about it heavy, but it but it was in terms of the offense. Would we be able to to get you know things moving like Deshaun Watson did? I'm going to give you initials and tell me if this jogs your memory a little bit. Do the initials T Y mean anything to you? Oh yes, and you did talk about it. That is right. And he got the best of us. He got the best of us. He won the game simply, you know, with just the plays he was able to make just because he's such a good wide receiver. He's so athletic. And that play with Kareem Jackson, I knew there wasn't enough evidence to overturn that play because it looked like Kareem had just waved across (laughs) his knee or whatever. I don't think he touched him, especially with the camera angles. Uh, there were just not good enough camera angles to prove that he was able to touch him to prove that he was down. Kareem, as he said in the press conference, he thought he did. I would think that he would say, I know I did. He he thinks that he did? I mean, come on. But uh, anyway, T.Y. Hilton, what, it was 45 yards very first in. You know, it was a 45-yard catch for a touchdown. And then you have an 80-yard return. You know, so T.Y. Hilton, that's the thing he does. It wasn't to the level of 
when we last met up with him when we had bad quarterbacks, but he was getting yards in huge bunches and making us pay dearly. It's pretty simple. I mean, he's the only guy on that team that you got to stop. So stop him. It's just like I said, in the, in the three things to look for my, my second thing. And this came up and reared its ugly head. I said, I've been talking about this all week, but I said, I didn't want to lose Dwayne Brown because Dwayne Brown solidifies what's been an awful offensive line. There is no sugarcoating this. The line is not good. And that's saying very nicely. I think awful might be a little bit more accurate. And I said, let's zero in on this left tackle situation. Now that Dwayne is gone because Chris Clark is recovering from an injury. And I said, we might see a little bit of Julian Davenport, Julie Owen Davenport, I should say, get his name right. But Davenport starts the game. He plays the first half. Uh, let me get your thoughts. Just tell me what you thought about what he did in that first half because they yanked him after that. And there was the, I, I guess he, that he got yanked because of that one play. He, he allows the sack, the sack fumble. He recovers it. Good on him for jumping on the ball and stay, staying with the play. But did you notice him in the first half? Besides that, was he okay? Was he average? What do you think we're going to see when we look at those pro football focus grades uh, in tomorrow's show? They're not going to be good, especially for him. Uh, what I noticed uh, out of him, you know, aside from uh, the sack uh, that, that he allowed, because he was working on the left side because he was replaced with Chris Clark uh, in the second half. But it just wasn't a good game out of him. But this was his first opportunity to start. This guy is a rookie. You know, I'm I'm definitely cutting him some slack. I'm not going to go hard on him. Uh, you know, you're expected when you're the next man up that you're supposed to be able to perform. But it takes time for those offensive linemen to get into a rhythm, and he has to get into his. Um, he and Giacomini, they combined to give up seven pressures and a sack. You know, they are probably going to be one of the worst graded guys uh, that, that – that, you know, uh, we're out on the offensive line uh, for today. So, yeah, they just continued to get beat and uh, and they just couldn't keep up with the quickness of the throws by uh, by uh, Jacoby Brissett. Also, you got to keep in mind this Colts team. This is not Dwight Freeney. Uh, what was the other guy that always uh, would get you with the, the old Colts teams? Uh, Freeney and Mathis. Mathis was the other guy. Those two guys would scare the hell out of you. These these guys are not guys that are supposed to scare the hell out of you. Uh, they're they're not getting sacks. They're not putting the fear of God into other teams like Freeney and Mathis used to do. So so that was big. And why did it matter that you didn't have Dwayne Brown? Well, last play of the game. Guess what happens? Uh, guess who gives up a big sack? Guess who gives up a big hit on the quarterback? It's none other than Chris Clark, the same left tackle position. And that's the ball game. And Brian, we're going to be talking about this the rest of the year. We might be talking about this next year. We might be talking about this the year after. You know, good. The Texans got a second and a third round pick. You know, you know, I said it. It's That's as good as you're going to get. I, I thought they, they got the most out of what they could get there. But why not just keep Dwayne Brown? Why not? Uh, handle things a little bit better than they handled things with Dwayne Brown over the last year. Uh, why not keep a guy that can protect your quarterbacks and not get them killed out there when you have an offensive line that you've put together that stinks? Right. And, and just the sense that you were getting from Dwayne Brown, he really wanted to be here. He, he wanted to be here, but it's all about business. 
And, you know, it was business with the Texans as well. They just could not meet in the middle, obviously. And that's why he's not here. And that's why he needed to be traded ASAP. If you're not going to come to the middle and meet and, and talk about this and try to work this out, then you need to go on and send him somewhere where he's in a – luckily he's in a good situation right now. And, um, and we were able to get some value for him. But all I want to bring up this point too is that priority number one, now we've got the quarterback. We need to start drafting guys that are going to be able to protect Deshaun Watson moving forward. We need to start building that offensive line because I don't want to see any more of this. This is just terrible, terrible football, and we, we need to give our guy the protection that he deserves. Right, and I, I don't think the Texans are stupid to that. I, I, they know that. Um, this draft, they probably would have maybe drafted another offensive line or drafted a guy higher if they thought somebody was there that was you know with that ability that you needed. This was a poor draft for tackles, and, and that's – where they needed the help. They took the project in Davenport. Uh, we can look down the line and see if that was a mistake, if there were other guys that maybe they could have drafted. They also got Deontay Foreman. Notice that he played. Oh, well, all of a sudden he's practicing better after the walkout from last week, Brian. And I, I asked somebody that covers the Texans on a regular basis that people out there will know that's very reliable and I said, well, what, what, what was the deal with Davenport? Do you think it was really about the walkout? And he said, yeah, it, it's about the walkout. I mean, they don't, there's things that they don't like. He, he he's, he's gets too fat. He gets out of shape, that sort of thing. Well, nobody was worried when Vince Wolfark was fat and out of shape for his whole career. <laughs> I just find that kind of funny. I mean, I, yeah, he's a big nose tackle. I guess that's what he's supposed to be. But Deontay Foreman played, but, you know, it, did did he do a whole lot, Brian? I mean, really? Did he do much? You know, I mean, I, I don't know what you could do with the offensive line and, and no Watson to kind of help make those holes a little bit bigger. But, yeah, he just did, he didn't do anything anyway. It, it, I want to see him, but he didn't do anything. All I saw Deontay Foreman was doing was drawing with his defensive assignments. He was talking so much trash. Yeah, he was all in the face of, of, of everybody. And, uh, you know, you kind of just want to – you know, quit talking trash and just kind of show it out on the field. But yeah, he was he was really mouthy this time. I mean, you know, usually Giacomini gets that award every game, but I just saw him being very mouthy. And uh, what he had, if I understand, maybe 30 to 40 yards that he picked up off of, you know, double digit carries. I'm not looking at the numbers now, but but that's about what he had. Not effective at all. And you, you with Lamar Miller, you know, he had 86 yards off of, you know, a dozen or so carries, you know, just just wasn't good play from our running backs at this time. And it, it, it's just that's something that's got to change. I just there there obviously was something going on in between the locker room with with he and the walkout and whatnot. Number one, he's a rookie too. I mean, you, you don't make these moves whenever you're a rookie, but you can obviously understand the reason why uh, he did it. I mean, if Dwayne Brown's do, Dwayne Brown has proven himself. He's been in this league uh, year after year. He's a veteran, and because he's a premium player at a position that it's hard to replace, as you can obviously see, he can do stuff like this. Well, no, it's DeAndre Hopkins is the guy that everybody might point to. Oh, well, he walked out and he played and got 200-plus yards and nobody – Nobody seemed to bat an eye. To me, that was the big one. Did you see the the deal you talked about him, Mal? Did you, did you see that 
move where he's mouthing with his guy and Giacomini just throws him to the ground about 10 yards down the field. And I don't know if they caught this on, on the television camera, but uh, uh, Davenport then goes to the bench and just throws his helmet down against the bench. I mean, they took him out of the game and he threw his helmet down and stuff like that. He's got to grow up a little bit. There's no doubt. But this is a guy you, you're going to have to you're going to have to give him a little slack at times. I think uh, maybe O'Brien's trying to get him to grow up a little bit. Uh, sometimes that works, but from what I've seen with OB, he does that a lot. And a lot of times the guy, we never see the, the guy again. He, he disappears off the planet like Lewis Dix or Jalen Strong. Exactly. Like, you know, he's like in the mafia and he, he just knows how to make people disappear. You know, that's what yeah. I've noticed about, about Bill O'Brien. He's like the head of the, uh, <laughs> the syndicate or something. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't see whenever he threw his helmet. Obviously, I don't think CBS showed that camera angle. And of course you were able to see it cause you were in the press box, but um, I, I honestly did not see that. That, that is something that I'm surprised to hear about actually. All right, I'm going to hit a couple more things offensively, and, and then we're going to hit defense. And, and, and just hit me with anything else that comes to your mind offensively. I'll, I'll throw some stuff up at the wall. You tell me what you think. Uh, we've talked about Giacomini. He did get a false start on a, on a third and four in the red zone. Didn't care for that. Davenport, one of the things that he did do is he picked up a holding call that cost him because it was on a big run by Lamar Miller. I mean, now without Deshaun Watson, th- those just those – little penalties that Watson always seemed to make up for with the next play. Uh, you, you can't afford to have those mistakes. You can't afford to do that sort of stuff. I mean, I could go through these Tom Savage throws and I would put you guys to sleep as quickly as the game, but it's just <laughs> like, you know, I, I go through the, the, these throws and it's, uh, you know, he, he he's incomplete because he's nearly sacked. Well, we know Deshaun would have somehow scrambled out of that one or, you know, he tries to force one to Hopkins or he tried to force one to Fuller or one of the things that he did a lot. And this is a big concern for me, Brian. He nearly gets these guys killed a lot with his throws. He throws it into double and triple coverage, which that is bad enough. But guys are running across taking, you know, shots at the head of DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. I don't want those guys to get hurt or start getting concussions because Tom Savage you know, doesn't, throws the ball where he shouldn't and when he shouldn't. I mean, that's a problem. Great, great point, Rob. And I put that in my notes. It's right in my notes, right in the uh, second quarter. There was a throw that he made to DeAndre Hopkins where he was in triple coverage. I'm like, what the hell was that? I mean, you've got other guys that can, can get open. And at that point, and I just want to bring this, this stat up too, uh, the yards per play that we were producing, Indianapolis was producing 7.8 yards per play versus us, where it was 2.8 yards per play. It had gotten that bad to where we weren't moving much, uh, where we weren't even producing and whatnot. Not only that, but there was a pass that I noticed in the first quarter. It did not have enough zip. DeAndre Hopkins had to lean over to come out and catch it. I'm like, what's going on here? I mean, you, Tom Savage, one of the one things he has as far as a positive is his arm. I think, honestly, he has better arm strength than Deshaun Watson. It's just that Deshaun Watson knows what to do with his strengths. That's the, the main difference there. So, you know, it, it, it's just just so many miscues. And then on the other hand, with Jacoby Brissett, he was able to move the chains effectively. Our defense gave him so much time to, to make a decision 
and T.Y. Hilton got involved. You know, their other receiver as well, number 80, he was able to to get involved uh, as well. So I, I just really think that, you know, I, I don't know if Tom got stage fright or I don't know what was going on, but it, we I can't see any more of this. I mean, put T.J. Yates in. At least we need to see something. Or go sign Kaepernick. He's available. Right. I, I, I was starting by halftime. I was starting to be on the TJ Yates bandwagon with you. I, yeah. I felt like it, it just it couldn't be worse. And look, Savage, you know, he did make the last throw to DeAndre Hopkins for a touchdown and then drove him down again. But I, I throw that out like I throw out a lot of Matt Schaub's uh, numbers late in games when, especially early in the career, when he early in his career, when he would just rack up yards on prevent defenses and, uh, yeah, that, that that just is to me. Don't get too excited about it. I mean, just don't. They're they're numbers that should have a little asterisk next to them or something like that. Now, I, I, there's one thing we got to talk about, and then we're going to go defense and special teams to to finish the show off. Brian, Bill O'Brien, uh, your your uh, favorite head coach. Once again, uh, what did you think of his clock management? And a ball game. What did you think of that last drive, those last, uh, I guess, the the timeout usage, let's call it? It was still horrendous. And, and you know, thank God for Chuck Pagano calling timeout where we wouldn't have to worry about managing. And then it got to a point where we had burned so much time off the clock, it didn't really matter if we took the timeout. It, the, the timeout was moot, but we had one left. Now, that play, you know, it was around, what, maybe 20 seconds left, where we get into position and Tom is, I don't know what he's doing. He's like waiting. The time is ticking off the clock. You know, we could squeeze in maybe another play in seconds. Precious seconds keep ticking off the clock, and then he finally hikes the ball. I mean, you could have spiked the ball there to stop the clock. You, you, you have to do something to, to ensure that you have enough time. Well, what and you then- should have done what, there, and, and, and Bill, Bill O'Brien's like, uh, well, we, we, we you know, I, I – did they have a time? Did they have? Did they leave the game with a timeout, or was they it, did? Okay, they did. Okay, so here here is the deal. Bill O'Brien says in the press conference, "You guys just heard him. I played it at the beginning of the show. He said, I don't want to hear about this BS play t- uh, play clock man. Look, look, Bill. He goes. Uh, he said, all you want is on fourth down. You want to leave with no time and blah blah blah. But here is the problem. You could have called a timeout when he gets the first down. You talk about Savage." hurrying up and throwing it into the ground. No, you, you don't want to hurry up throwing the ground. Just call the timeout. I think you had like 26 seconds left. And now uh, Tom Savage has options because you still have one timeout left. So you can have a play that you might want to be able to run a running play or a draw play or a screen pass that doesn't, it's not a throw into the end zone. And then you have a timeout. You know, he wants that timeout on fourth down. How about not getting to fourth down? I'm not worried about Jacoby Brissett taking you length, you know, length of the field on the, uh, you know, with one, with a few seconds left on the clock. You can't worry about that. Just get the ball in the end zone. That's your goal there. And, and, and here's what you could have done. If you take that time out right there, Tom Savage, not only does he, does he have a timeout to deal with and some extra time on the clock and, and you go, well, why does it matter? Cause you can do a play in three seconds or six seconds or whatever. Because Tom Savage now has a chance to make a read, Brian, and he might get to the second or third option instead of having to immediately fire and play in Peggy Panic at the end of the game. Yeah, and that's that's exactly what happened. That's why the fumble happened. 
He, he was trying to see what option would be available. There wasn't. And then, you know, Jabal sheared, you know, he was, and he had a hell of a game on Tom Savage. You know, it was uh, Calais Campbell, what in the in week one, but shared. Yeah, he, he was, I would say if I were on the Colts side, I would say that was a magnificent game against uh, Tom Savage because he, he really had his way with them. Yeah. And like I said, don't confuse him with Dwight Freeney or, or Jerome Ma- or uh, yeah. Mathis, but yeah, my, my point on that last play, it didn't matter because it's it's one play. It doesn't matter. It could take as long as it wants to, whatever. I'm talking about on first down, on second down, and on third down. First of all, time didn't have to rush first down. Wouldn't you rather, if you're Bill O'Brien, say, all right, let's take a timeout. Let's go over the next two or three downs in this timeout, what our options are, and you you slow it down for yourself and give your chan- your, you know, your team a chance to figure that out. And then you can do that for the next three downs. Then you still have a timeout that you can use on fourth down if you decide not to run or throw a screen pass, something that might stay in bounds. But like I said, it gives Tom Savage that few extra seconds to throw the ball instead of having to worry, okay, I've got to get rid of the ball immediately or this is the last play. If I take too much time and then there's nothing there, then that's it. This is the last play. That's the difference. That's what separates why you needed to have some extra time on the clock. And Bill O'Brien, dude, you're not fooling anybody. And if you think you did the right thing there, then you should be fired because you're just not a very smart person. You know, end of story. You're not smart. (laughs) Yeah, he was in the press conference saying, you know, don't ask me about my clock management in the last two minutes. You know, I think I made the right decision. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but... He could have done a better job, and you know, I don't disagree with you, Rob. You know that that timeout would have helped. You know where we would be able to talk things out and try to figure out how we're going to get this thing into the end zone. I mean, it was not once, but twice, three, and then finally, <laughs> the the fumble and that ended the game. So it, it it's just, oh my goodness! It I expected to see this, but then I was hoping at that moment that Tom Savage would just buckle down and come together and say. I'm going to win this damn game for this team and just prove everybody wrong. And then lo and behold, the sack fumble. (laughs) All right. I'm going to pull a uh, Corvette with a gear shift on it. I'm going to switch gears on us, go over to the defensive side of the ball. I can't drive a stick shift, so I I can only do it on the show right now is change gears. And let's talk about (laughs) Carlos Watkins early in the game. Uh, Good sign from him. Saw him blow yeah. through and make a nice run stop in the opening drive. I don't know how much more I saw of Carlos Watkins in this one, but that that at least looked like something. I got something from Carlos Watkins. Jelani Jenkins got some playing time in this one. I thought that was interesting, an inside linebacker. Of course, we talked earlier in the show about Eddie Pleasant. Uh, Eddie Pleasant with the two big plays, the, the sack fumble. Uh, Lamar Houston picks it up and runs it in. And then the, the, the second sack on the very next drive uh, with the Colts trying to just do something there quickly at the end of the half. The biggest issue I had of, of all the players on defense, Brian, be, well, besides, you know, just in, in a group thing on T.Y. Hilton and, and the problems that they had covering him. But you really needed Jadivian Clowney to step up. When you, all your stars are out and your one star is left, Clowney is the the, the star on the field maybe next to him and deandre hopkins or, or your two guys just didn't right. see enough from Clowney. Clowney had the one sack but he wasn't involved this wasn't like the game against seattle and maybe their offensive line is a little bit 
better, but you just didn't see the Clowney that uh, turned into the madman that we saw against the Seahawks. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You just didn't see the game where he was everywhere against the uh, the Seahawks, and um, although he was out there disrupting, it, you would think against the Colts he would have a, a better time. And uh, Carlos, you know, just with the way he played, uh, it was a very decent game out of him. Uh, Lamar Houston with the play he was able to make, you know, with the pick six going to the end zone. That was great. This guy just was signed off the street a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, we we're talking about, well, he may be just a guy, but this is a guy that's starting to contribute now out on the defensive line. And DJ Reader, as always, every week, every week he turn, he turns in a pretty good game. Uh, you know, he may be off a little bit from one week to the other, but for the most part, he has held down the nose pretty darn good. Uh, good to see Kevin Johnson out there, uh, in my opinion. He uh, he had some nice tackles. I think he had five tackles on the game. He did not jump out to me. There's nothing that jumped out to me that, and you may disagree with me here, Rob, that it would indicate that he had a bad game. It's just that you know, it's just one of those unfortunate situations where T.Y. Hilton was able to get open. Now, Jonathan Joseph, you can make a case, you know, with that 45-yard catch uh, early in the game, that was his guy. He missed him. He blew by him. And then uh, it, I forget the, the the play that was ran. It was a, a particular route that was right up the middle. And I guess he just got beat running uh, up that way. But that's what I think about that. Was and it was it was it uh, JJ on the T.Y. Hilton touchdown? That is correct. The forty-five yard catch. Uh, he beats JJ on the catch. Have we learned something over the years? Uh, shouldn't we know at this point that JJ cannot handle T.Y. Hilton by himself? I mean, I, I feel like I've seen that rerun over and over again. I feel like it's on a loop on my YouTube uh, channel. I, I just is, is that me. It's like a bad sequel, and it keeps coming back and back and back. You're like, no, I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it anymore. I want to see the, <laughs> I want to see the first one where he was good. And you know, it's just one of those things uh, uh, with that. And um, I, I was like, not this game. We're not going to let Ty Hilton take this over. And he did again. Special teams, a huge play in special teams that we probably won't hear talked about a ton by people tomorrow. But keep in mind, the Texans lost by how many points? Six. And guess what? You could have kicked a field goal to tie the game. If your field goal kicker makes a 39-yard field goal when he has a chance earlier in the game, Fairbairn's been pretty good. But that was not a good one, and that could have cost you at least taking this game into overtime. Wide left. That's all you need to know. Yeah, if had he, had he made that kick, because every point counts, and whether – you like it or not, whenever you have to admit that it, it, it was so true in this situation. And that was his first field goal that he missed this season. So that's just not good to see. And especially when you're in a stadium where you don't have any win factor, you know, you, you should be able to make those kicks. And it was from 39 yards. So it wasn't like he was doing it from from 50 or 60 yards back. This was a this was a kickable field goal. That's extra point range now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're almost there uh, pretty much. And um, I would love to hear his comments on how he felt about that. I'm pretty sure he was asked, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just one of those things where he felt that he didn't hook it right or or whatnot. That's what he would say. But I do want to bring up this point. This was at the beginning of the game with special teams missing tackles. They they shorted up after that because you know Chris Thompson made a nice 
play on a return by Quan Bray earlier, but we're talking about the initial return where Quan Bray, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, five guys missed a tackle before they were able to get him down. That was Chris Thompson, Jordan Todman, Ben Heaney, Brian Peters, and Zach Cunningham. They could not get that guy down. And but it was called back because of a legal block to the back. But the fact that it happened, you know, is kind of alarming to me. But again, they shored things up uh, to where, you know, it, it wasn't an issue. But I saw that. I was like, I hope the game doesn't go this way. So that's what I noticed um, about that on special teams. That would probably be the one thing that jumped out to me uh, in regard to how they played at the very beginning. But again, we didn't see that um, again. Uh, you know, it, it just was. Um, a horrible incident, but I'm glad it's was short up. <laughs> we gave Eddie Pleasant all of his props earlier, but you know we went back to the old uh, standard. We went back to the classic tune that uh, you can hear on your top 40 station all the time. The old holding for Eddie Pleasant on a punt return that happened in the first quarter. Uh, so <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, we got it. We got to get rid of that at some. Point. I mean, it, maybe your 10th or 15th year or whatever. But I think we're I think we're stuck with that like we're stuck with Bill O'Brien's bad clock management forever and ever. Uh, I don't think anything's ever going to change between those two things, and so that that's where you're that's where you are. Marcus Williams, did you think that uh, pass interference was a good call? Was that a ticky tack call or was that a good call? I see. I I don't remember that it, play. It was a it was a long. It was like uh, I want to say second half. 30, 40 yards down the field, uh, they, they got him for a pass interference. It was around midfield where the pass interference was. If you don't remember, that's that's all right. I just mm-hmm. want to get your thought on that because my angle up at the press box was was difficult. I thought it might have been ticky-tack, maybe. And then, you know, the Davenport holding call in the first half, that one I thought was just your average offensive line play. I didn't see what that was all about. You know, I've, again, I, I, I think I've been on a diatribe on this before, but I'm just, I, I'm, I'm kind of up to here with officials feeling like they call, they sometimes call penalties because they feel like they get paid by the penalty. And, you know, to me, I, I want to see some, when I, when I see holding penalties, I want to see a little bit more egregious than what I saw from Davenport and how he can get called on that one. And, Jadavian Clowney last week just couldn't get a call on a holding penalty when that was happening practically the entire game. You sometimes get baffled. It feels like there's two different rules for for two different different types of players. Well, that guy's not as good, so we're going to try to help him out with a holding call. Oh, that guy's great. He doesn't need our help. You know, it's just I, I you know sometimes I just I don't get get it. Uh, anything else? Was there? I'm looking through my notes. What, did did you have any other? stuff on this one what i do want to bring up is uh the fact that uh eddie pleasant whenever he got his sacks they were all for loss um each of his sacks were a loss of 16 yards so you know the effectiveness of his ability to to sack our guys uh his assignment is is certainly uh you know more than acceptable i mean you're saying you're saying this the sacks covered a lot of loss yardage because you said the, because you can't say uh, he, the, his sacks were for a loss of yards because that's what a sack is. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's just, it just, it was for a lot of yards, I guess, if uh, to phrase it better than, than the way I did. But it was just effective. And uh, I was just really proud of what, what he was able to do out there. One of the few bright spots uh, today 
um, in terms of what we were able uh, to see. But, you know, Lamar Miller did get some pickups uh, with his yards there. Um, yeah, the uh, did, what did you think about that? Um, I don't know if you saw it, the Jeremiah George. Uh, it was a 15-yard penalty horse collar. Oh, that, that, that was legit. I thought it might have been a personal foul out of balance penalty because he, when he horse collared him, he horse collared him out of balance. Can you get two for one on that one? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had that in my notes here. That It's just something that, that really, uh, you know, that jumped out to me. Uh, but, um, you know, in terms of, of how this, this team was able to uh, – it's just like this team was not able to put this to bed. Like the Colts were, you know – the the twelve and four Colts that you know I had to believe that was the last time that they were good when they made the playoffs with Andrew Luck you know they played them they're not really all that good and you know I thought that we would just play them a lot better I didn't think we were going to dominate them now if Deshaun Watson number four was under center oh this game would have been over with a long time ago there would be no competition but you know what Rob this speaks to the fact that. DW4 covered a lot of weak spots, a lot of holes. Yeah, he and he made us look good. He we we, us- we told you that. Me and Brian have been telling you guys <laughs> that. Uh, there, there's no doubt about that. And you know, we just got to give a big shout out to one of our fans. Uh, he's uh, he goes by Nimbus50 on Twitter, and I I hope I'm saying that right. N I M B U S 50. And he said uh, said some nice stuff about us, but he said. Unfortunately, I heard the news of the injury on Deshaun Watson, and I couldn't be more heartbroken. Listen to this, Brian. He said, I ordered his jersey on Monday and expedited the shipping just so I could have it for the Colts game this weekend. And come to find out, he's out for the season. Makes me miserable. I'm a Texans fan till I fall, and I'm never giving up on our Texans. Prayers for Deshaun Watson for a speedy recovery. Absolutely Oh, that's, that's gotta hurt. Yeah. You know, you get that Jersey, you're all excited. You go into the game, you see Deshaun Watson. I'm wearing my, my number four and there's Deshaun wearing regular people clothes. So that, yeah, that's gotta suck. It does suck. Nimbus, keep the faith, my brother. Yeah. Everything's going to work out. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, that, that we put something together where we make something out of this season, but you got to keep hope alive. You know, I'm I'm that optimism guy. You probably have heard me a ton of times on here with the level of optimism that I have. But, you know, if we continue with these quarterbacks that we have, I don't know what the hell is going to go on here as far as the rest of our season. Uh, But it could still be safe, but we just have to have the right guys in here to do it. And there's there. And I'm going to say it again. We we, we need to seriously give Colin Kaepernick a look and give him a call. (laughs) Yeah. Keep the dream alive. You, you, yeah. you sound like you sound like you need a little Martin Luther King behind you on that one. I I I don't think I don't think that dream is uh, coming to fruition for another few decades. But yeah, it's just it, it's it's difficult to watch, especially when you know that probably you need a guy that could do the type of things that Colin Kaepernick can do with the offense that the Texans have, with the offensive line, with the weapons. Uh, and, and, and they seem to be pretty comfortable in that. And, and yeah, it would make things a whole lot easier. And there's nobody you look around and there's just nobody else like a Colin Kaepernick that's available. So it's either Colin Kaepernick or a bunch of just kind of guys that you just don't want to get near and, and free agency. They're just, they're just it quarterback situation in the NFL it just isn't good. It get, it got worse. I didn't Jameis Winston go down. Yeah, he did shoulder. So there's another one. I mean, and another fan base that 
you know, feels like, oh, well, that, that might be it. It might be over with for, for our season, although Tampa was, you know, kind of struggling, not, not having the kind of season that they, they would want. Uh, just, yeah, it, it stinks. The, the, the one, there were two, actually, I should say this. There were two times that the fans were up in the first half. The one of them we talked about at the Eddie Pleasant uh, sack fumble. The other one, the, 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 the thing that actually woke the fans up after the first quarter is they brought out George Springer and a couple of the Astros out with the World Series trophy, and the fans went crazy, and that, that was kind of cool. Uh, but I'm telling you, Brian, the fans, I don't know. They're, they're, they're not going to show up the next few games, I have a feeling, without J.J., without Deshaun, without Whitney. Uh, this team looks like it could really go south in a hurry. And it was, I thought, maybe half full. And that might be being nice about it when I looked around the stadium. <laughs> and uh, it's just, I, I don't see why people want to, would want to show up at this point. Uh, right. Just there, there's, there's not much to look forward to. And they're going to be three and six after next week, aren't they? More than likely. I mean, <laughs> the Rams are rolling. They're six and two and they, they won again today. And, you know, they're looking very well to be a playoff team this year and to do some damage. You know, Sean McVay's got those guys believing. Um, he has turned it around on both ends of the football. I don't see how we win that game. We're going to grade the Texans in our uh, next show on Monday night. Tuesday was when we usually put that one out. So, you know, listen for that one. We're going to try to go behind enemy lines for this Ram, Rams games coming up, seeing if there's any way you can stop Jared Goff in that offense. Uh, we've got three things to look for, of course, and, and, and Texans trivia uh, where we have a little fun. Maybe get your mind off of uh, the issues that the Texans have and just have a little fun with looking at Texans trivia. And it's kind of NFL history in a, little, in a ways. You know, that's, that's what Texans trivia is. Don't forget, you go on iTunes, you rate us, and it's really easy, Brian. They get a $40 value pro football focus subscription. That's all you got to do. That's right. That's right. And just leave us a way how, how we can identify you. Go to your Instagram or, or your Twitter handle or your email address. Uh, we just need to know who you are so that way we can get you that package. I mean, there's still time left in the season. You know, this is getting to be crunch time for the playoffs or fantasy. So go on and, and put your name out there and rate us. Let us know how we're doing. So that way you can have the advantage to make the playoffs and win your fantasy league. Well, let's wrap things up. Email us, by the way, at LockedOnTexans at mail.com if you have a question or topic or send a message through our Facebook or Twitter page. If you're listening to this, you guys know we've moved. If you have a friend that's going, hey, what happened to Locked On Texans? We changed our RSS feed. So you just tell them, uh, look on that last podcast, the last one that they got on their feed. And we say in the, in the show notes, there's an RSS feed there. You can also look on the Locked On Texans Twitter page. It's pinned at the top, the new RSS feed. It's right there, easy to find. So keep that in mind. If you have people that are just trying to find us, just tell them they can go to iTunes, uh, most of your regular uh, podcast apps, LockedOnTexans.com. That's going to be the new place to find everything that's going on with us. It's LockedOnTexans.com. It's, it's already up, but it's going to expand. We will be a part of the FanRag affiliation. So that's something to look forward to for you guys. We might be putting out pieces, features besides the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Keep that, tab that in your 
in your bookmarks or whatever you do on the internet. And uh, don't forget, uh, we're, we're going to come to you every single day. This is a daily thing, five days a week. We're going to bring it to you. We're not quitting on the season yet. We're not letting these Texans quit on the season. 20-14 to 14, the final in this one. Colts over the Texans. We'll talk to you later. Have a great day. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah.